0: Hello, humans! It's Rob here with Not A Robot Podcast, DC Comics review show number 121, and I'm thinking somebody needs to go find the Frost King again, because it is snowing right now. What the hell? It's a little early over here. I don't know what's going on. Get the Justice League out here. This is the world's greatest comic show about the world's greatest superheroes, and with me, as always, is Brandon...
1: Hello, hello, and let me also uh, state that it is cold as hell, and I, I really hope that uh, someone can someone can save me, please. I'm I'm living I'm living through <laughs> final night right now, and I'm, I'm hoping oh, that Parallax will, uh, will free the this. sun from this endless uh, winter. I will,
0: I will throw my action figure into the sky. Don't worry, we'll see <laughs> you.
2: <maybe>. And Josh, <laughs> howdy, howdy, howdy. And I am afraid of an endless winter. Oh, as you should. You know. I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's it's tough not fun. <clears throat>
2: no. We've all and seen. I the don't. Day after I don't tomorrow, think right? the Justice League is gonna fix it either. Not this time. No. Seeing as one, they're code. not real.
0: Yes. Yeah, all will and be one. well. All will be well all right if you ever want to get in touch with us you can send us an email to comics at notarobotpodcast.com and you can get us on twitter at notarobotcomics and our bright shiny new instagram nir comic books is live now i've been following people all week be sure to follow for all sorts of fun posts and secrets information news all sorts of stuff who knows what's going to happen And if you feel like supporting us, visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash narpodcasts. And we also have our very own Discord Discord server. And with some support on buymeacoffee.com, you can find your way into the server to talk all things geek with us and other fans. As for today's books, we are looking at Dark Crisis Young Justice number six, GCPD The Blue Wall number two, Worlds Without a Justice League Batman number one, Stargirl The Lost Children number one the flash number 788, nightwing number 98, batman superman world's finest number 9 and catwoman number 49 as well as a couple of honorable mentions. But before we get into that, as always, let's get into some news. Now, we mentioned it's pretty cold all across the board. How you guys doing otherwise? <laughs>
1: Uh, aside from that, uh, just the, the normal stuff as usual. Uh, always busy with some kind of uh, schoolwork or other activities, but uh, in in good spirits. I uh, actually got a, a head start on this week's indie corner, and I'll, I'll be able to post it on a Friday on time, Ooh. actually, which is very exciting. Um, so, and the the post Ooh. is is aptly titled um, "Winter Hat Hack- Come," um, so looking forward to putting that out. Yeah, it does sound
2: fun. Josh, what's going on in your neck of the woods oh um i told you guys i was a little sloshed earlier but i am drinking i've drank a whole pot of coffee and i'm on my second one i might need a third um sad news first uh i might i might need you guys to cover for me here in a, about a month and a half or so give or take um I got a phone call that my mom's got pancreatic cancer and she's got about a month and a half left. Oh, no. Um, so there's that. But, uh... Sorry to hear that, man. uh, Yeah. I wasn't very happy about it either. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, I'm a little drunk. Um, all right. Uh, positive side of things or let's go... Let's not go positive here. Uh unexpected side of things uh i have put about 20 hours into gotham knights now okay i didn't think i was going to do that but you (laughs) know besides all the haters and the hate that i've i've heard about it it the the combat can be repetitive unless you are trying to uh change it up And, and then there's a lot of different moves and that you can do um and i really like the story it's pretty fucking cool the character designs i'm i'm not a huge fan of and about half the costumes could definitely be way better but uh all in all i do not hate it as much as the as much as the rest of the world does um well, costumes i'll give it a seven out of fix. ten that's
1: that's why you get skins, custom skins, so you don't have to look at ugly costumes anymore if you don't want. Um, yeah, but uh, exactly. As for the gameplay, I can't say I've not played it. It looked very similar to the Arkham game, so I don't know why people would be so upset with this one when that one was very similar.
2: But um, I mean, you could probably that was tell me f- phenomenal. Uh,
1: There's always going
0: to be haters about shit. I, I have one mm-hmm. guy I know that. Just automatically hates it because FPS drops and all sorts of shit, and, and he's, he's just gonna bag on anybody that enjoys the game simply for having fun. It's, it's ridiculous.
2: I mean, maybe I'm not running on a supercomputer. I'm I've got an RTX twenty sixty, but uh, as long as, I can set everything on Ultra except for I, I, as long as I have ray tracing turned off. So, I mean, that's not a deal breaker for me. I enjoy the shit out of it. So, all right on. And then also, um, before you guys pick the crowd back up, um, I'm going to lay something out real quick. Uh, it's not really comic news, but really, it's comic news. Um, this applies to both graphic, graphic novel... Wow, I can't talk today. Graphic novel... Adaptations and some original books. Um, Missouri just went way beyond outlawing Art Spiegelman's Mouse, oh, God. which, among other complaints of the depiction of the Holocaust, um, was complaints about mice being naked. Uh, oh, yeah, mis- I've heard that. That's stupid. <laughs> Missouri's Senate Bill 775 has banned an additional 297 books including A Game of Thrones and The Handmaid's Tale and uh, I completely understand that those are very mature books I get that but um, there's also Genderqueer, A a Memoir Watchmen, American Gods Batman stories like The Killing Joke, The White Knight and all of the Dark Knight series a whole slew of X-Men books and justifiably on this one, *The Walking Dead*. But there's also books like *The Art That Changed the World*, *Graphic Design: A New History*, *The Complete Idiot's Guide to Drawing People*, *The Black Monday Murders: Lock and Key*, *The History what? of no. Art, the Gettysburg Not the Black Monday Address*. Monday murders. Yeah, oh, gone banned. Um, the Gettysburg Address. What? Uh, uh, <laughs> Blues: yeah. uh, History of American That's Music. Scary. Macbeth. Rem- Rembrandt Supper at Emos. Um, Pennsylvania. Like... Rembrandt, yes, the artist.
0: No. <laughs> oh, oh, just the,
2: okay. The artist, like all of Rembrandt's work. <laughs> uh, specifically, uh, Supper at Emos uh, that oh. I was able to find. Pennsylvania and Texas added more to their list too. Including oh, the autobiographical uh, biographical graphic novels from the now-passed-on Representative John Lewis, who, if people are unaware, he was literally a civil rights warrior. Uh, most people might know him from his popular quote, speak up, speak out, get in the way, get in good trouble, necessary trouble, and help redeem the soul of America. Um. So I guess I've only got one comment on that. And that's what the fuck is happening.
0: <laughs> what? Why, why White Night? Though I don't understand. That. I don't.
2: Why? Why White Night? Why the history of art? The fucking Gettysburg Address.
0: So just it, so the Gettys. I just want to be clear. The Gettysburg Address, like the actual historical document and not necessarily there's not like a a graphic novel or something called the Gettysburg Address right they're talking about the actual thing
2: it is a a graphic novel about the actual Gettysburg Address from American history it's not it's not a twist on the story it's literal history literally happened and you're not allowed to read it if you're in high school or less at least not in Missouri Texas or Pennsylvania and I'm sure plenty of other ones will be following suit. But I've had one piece of unexpected news and two pieces of shitty news. Tell me y'all got something great. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's see if we can't uh, totally. <laughs> raise the, the bars a little bit. Um, geez, oh, yeah, please. wow. Um, I mean, I, I don't know that if I have anything to say that uh, you couldn't articulate better and certainly with more energy, um, but uh, yeah, that that is rather heartbreaking to hear a number of those titles. Yeah. Um, I I think I think uh, I don't know why the the Black Monday murders was the one that really got me, but I think just because that one is, it feels like such a an imaginative and one, not that the other ones aren't, of course, but that one is you know for me at least a really imaginative piece of. of uh, fiction especially mystery fiction it's like god why would you yes. how would you do that um but it is what it is and let's I, uh let's I try and, and drink this strongly
2: i strongly uh, given that you're such a music fan branton um being a member <laughs> of like 380 bands uh oh i god. strongly suggest you check out <laughs> the graphic novel blues a history of american music you will fucking love I it i haven't seen I that promise. actually
1: yeah huh, I will write that down. It might yep. uh, that might be on my my next indie corner when I actually
2: get a chance to read it. Um, you definitely you but, definitely uh, want to check it out.
1: Yeah. Um, but okay, in hopefully um, less dour news. Uh, yeah. I guess the the first thing that I had um, was uh, just a, a quick announcement. Certainly something that should come as no surprise, but uh, James Tyman's. Tiny Onion Studios, uh, well known in the Substack community, uh, but also uh, for some other works that they've been putting out uh, recently, like The Closet, which Isaiah, if you're listening to this and you still haven't read it, please, for the love of God, read it so I can talk to you about it (laughs) for five hours. Um, And The Department of Truth, as well as other books that you've certainly heard of in the last couple of years, uh, have announced that they're partnering. With Dark Horse Comics to publish a couple of the digital titles that he's been putting out on Substack, those being Blue Book and The Oddly Pedestrian Life of Christopher Chaos, aka James Tynan's Dr. Sleepless. I already made that joke last year, but I'm still going to make it. Um, (laughs) But suffice it to say, um, these uh, books will be coming in print, uh, as as specified next year. Blue Book, I believe, in February, and uh, The Oddly Pedestrian Life of Christopher Chaos sometime in June. The format of Christopher Chaos, which I, I don't know if it's going to be a miniseries or something else, has not been specified, but I believe Blue Book is going to be an ongoing, which should be interesting. Um, and the creative teams, for those who are unaware, on Blue Book is James Tynan with Michael Avon Oming, known from Powers and the eternal enemy of our dear friend Josh, uh, as well <laughs> as colors from Jordi Blair and Aditya Vidicar, um, and the oddly pedestrian life of Christopher Chaos is James Tynan partnering with Tate Brombal who just put out uh, Behold Behemoth which you should all check out I think he's going to be a serious rock star in the future um, with um, damn I didn't write down the artist's name and now I feel terrible um, I, I want to say um, Nathan Gooden no I don't think that's right um, wait I'll, I'll I'll pull it up in a second but Anyway, those are coming to, to print at Dark Horse, which I think um, will be very exciting for people who've been wanting to get those books actually in their hands rather than just uh, reading them digitally. Um, and if, if you're like me, and you're also uh, someone that enjoys having it in print, this is definitely pretty exciting. Uh, the artist yeah, is Isaac Goodhart. Sure. I'm so sorry, I completely. Right, screwed I was going to say, Nathan, anyway, not
2: Baron. <laughs> yeah, no. Um,
1: anyway. Um, very exciting stuff there. Um, so looking forward you to that. The um,
2: oddly pedestrian book.
1: I have read the first issue. I'm going to catch up on two and three at some point in the future. Um, but the, he, he went into detail on the concepts pretty heavily on some of his uh, posts on Substack. And that's where the, the doctor sleepless jokes came in. because it's, it's that same concept of the teen genius, which is not necessarily, you know, a, a Type of character that has never been explored before, but I don't know it just felt so similar in concept that I was like, all right, I see what you're getting at. but um, yes, I read the first issue. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, it, it kind of uh, obviously Dr. Sleepless, but it also kind of reminded me of Tom Strong, especially with the, the location ah. of New Briar City um, so I, I, I think it's it's very interesting um, but uh, you know it's still pretty early on, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, but well, yes, that's, uh, that's the, the world of the tiny onion. Um, and uh, I, I had a final point where I was just like, I feel like James is kind of uh, covering all his bases. I called it a hat trick on Discord where he's now got uh, publishing deals with Image, Boom, and, and Dark Horse, so the, the honorary big three, if you will, of uh, comics, independent comics right now. Um, and that is true to a certain extent. But I realized when I said that it kind of made me sound like I was you know, kind of giving him shit for it, like I was trying to maximize everything. So he just makes a ton of money, which I'm sure is a part of it. But I don't want to make it sound like he's just some you know, money grubbing guy. Like, I'm sure he sees the value in, you know, diversifying uh, his, his publishers. So I, I just wanted to kind of clear that up. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, but the second bit of news I had uh, came from DC, something that we kind of already touched on earlier, I think um, came out of New York Comic Con, but now we're getting the final details about it, and that is the Black History Month plan, specifically the Milestone Universe Black History Month plans, um, and some of the upcoming titles that will be in February for Black History Month. One of the first is the 30th anniversary special, which will feature uh, some stories from creators that are, are already quite well known, uh, creators of color. But additionally, some of the new creators from the Milestone Initiative, which is very exciting because this will be their first published works anywhere. Um, and uh, it's, it's always exciting having new voices in the community. So I'm hoping that uh, some of these short stories lead on to bigger things. Um, there's also the Icon versus Hardware miniseries that will be coming next year from Reggie Hudlin, Leon Chills, and Art from Dennis Cowan. I assume this will so be the happy. sequel to Hardware Season 1, but I don't know. Um, but we'll see, I guess. And then the sequel to the Static Season 1 series um, from last year, Static Shadows of Dakota from Vida Ayala and Nicholas Draper Ivy, the same creative team from last year's book. Um, and that'll be coming, I believe, also in February. So very excited there. Looking forward to seeing how they continue the story. Um, and then finally, the Milestone Compendium, Book 2, which is just a continuation of the Milestone Compendium, which is capturing some of their greatest hits and some of the popular series um, from the original Milestone line of books back in the 90s. I think they're actually publishing for the first time the World's Collide miniseries, which is like oh, wow. the 90s Milestone Heroes colliding with the 90s DC universe, which is actually a lot of fun if you've ever had the chance to read that. Um, and uh, it's it's very entertaining seeing Many some moons of the, ago. the DC yeah, it's, it's very entertaining seeing some of the DC heroes interact with the, the 90s versions of characters. Like, I think there's an issue where Static, this 90s version of Static meets Superboy, and it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, uh, I think Superboy is like hitting on Rocket or something, which is expected for Connor <laughs> in the 90s. And it, it's just a lot of fun. And obviously you have Icon and Superman. And, um, just, just cool stuff there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to that getting published in, uh, in February. Uh, that was a lot, so I apologize. Um,
0: but uh, that's all I got for news. Right on. Um, yeah, I have very little. If anything, it's more local. It's more news for me. <laughs> <than> any, uh, <laughs> and any Toronto, very uh, to, Toronto bound, or G, I'll say GTA. If If you're in Toronto, you know what the GTA is. I'm in the GTA, so mm-hmm. it's close enough. Yeah, um, it's Grand Theft Auto. Exactly, yeah, we're all stealing cars around here. Uh, for those that don't know, that's the Greater Toronto Area that encompasses the the cities around the Grand City of Toronto. On December, where is it? December third. I thought it was December third. Uh, Jeff Lemire is going to be at Treehouse Collectibles over in Scarborough. Uh, on the just just close just. East of the DVP, I believe it is. Um, from two to three thirty, uh, he'll be signing books, and uh, well, there will be a small, uh, twenty percent off on all all comics sale. I thought it was just uh certain comics, but it's all comics, including new weekly comics. So that's exciting. (laughs) It doesn't happen Mm -hmm. often around here that I know of, unless I just always miss the announcements. I mentioned Silver Snail in Toronto has a lot of people showing up, and I know. There was a comic shop in my hometown that used to have people, but it unfortunately closed down because mall costs are bloody expensive. Uh so I know I'm gonna try and get some stuff signed. I'm gonna get uh gonna try to get get my Justice League United trade signed. This will be the first time I've actually gone to wow. a signing, so I'm really excited.
1: <laughs> really? Wait, oh, yeah. seriously?
0: Yeah, oh, I, so I've only ever had you. one, one thing signed time. and that was at Fan Expo wow. and that was unfortunately Ethan Van Cyber Um Resigned signed my yeah, system Hal Jordan guard yeah, yeah. so that's that's the only thing I've ever no, had signed awesome, by man. a creator so this will be my first mm-hmm. like comic shop book signing which I'm really excited for yeah. as long as I can well, make as, it because as I have made... other plans that day
1: oh god I, I really hope you do because I mean yeah. it's Cancel it's such them. a treat to get to meet Jeff with um telling you I, I'm, get, I'm like, get your passport I'm, it's not that
0: far know, from Toronto to new york
1: <laughs> yeah well it's it's like a four and a half hour drive and i think seven hours by bus or something so yeah I, it's possible but yeah. it would it would be a, a serious effort um mm-hmm. but, but yeah no i made it no secret I, I love signing so much it's just i mean apart from actually getting the stuff signed it's just so cool dude to get oh, to meet the creators and share a little face oh time, yeah even, even yeah, if some of them definitely. can be a little awkward but I I get the feeling that uh, Jeff is going to be very nice. One, because he's Canadian and two, because most of his stories are often very sweet. Um, Oh, yeah. uh, I'm sure you'll have a lot of fun. Uh,
0: I think I will. I really
1: hope I can make it. Quick question, Rob.
2: Is assuming that all Canadians are nice prejudice? Oh, I'm so sorry. Sorry. (laughs) I, I make those jokes, too.
0: Wait, what was the question? <laughs>
2: is, I think I missed it. Is is assuming that all Canadians are nice? Is that prejudice?
0: Oh, um, I think it's something uh, most of us appreciate. Uh, I, I can speak with experience for for a fact. It's not necessarily true. <laughs> Good, judging <laughs> by the fact that I, I forgot to mention to you guys the other day, I was called a an asshole by a rude customer because I couldn't answer his question. So. Oh, God not all canadians are nice yeah. some of some
2: of us are pure dicks so, uh, <laughs> so. he probably he probably moved there from michigan yeah.
1: well i honestly yeah, was i feel like asshole is pretty yeah asshole is pretty tame for well, <laughs> for what they i what they I paraphrase
0: you. a little bit there there was a bit more i was i was trying to censor like really. oh, he, okay. he called me called me a fucking asshole uh, yeah. With with I shitty say customer fuck service, I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I do! I swear, I I I swear all the goddamn time. Um, no, it's, so just... no, not not all of us are, are necessarily nice yeah. Ah. Um, yeah, but I think assuming we're all nice is fair until you find the dickhead. and then you get a rude awakening you find the rare uh, shiny Pokemon of Canada the
2: rude Canadian isn't that that Kirk guy out in
0: Saskatchewan (laughs) (laughs) just kidding Kirk you know we love you (laughs) (laughs) please Kirk doesn't listen to this it's not about Marvel
1: no way (laughs) (laughs) message us later saying i heard that you assholes
2: Um. (laughs) speaking of marvel Um, they are fucking with the multiverse quite a bit aren't they i just saw earlier today uh before i got that phone call i was reading the comic news and i clipped on uh i saw that nick fury is gonna be the new captain america Oh, I haven't read a bit. Is this, if this is part of the solicits, I haven't gone that far. It was on oh, yeah. CBR.
1: I, I have no idea. I haven't checked all
0: day. Well, you said it was CBR? I believe. Okay, so that means it's nothing of the sort. <laughs> okay. That's, that's probably just, like, one panel and a random issue that's coming out in a week. And they're like, oh, yeah, he's totally the new Captain America, but it's just, like, a fever dream yeah. he has. Ah,
2: fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough.
0: I could be wrong, but that's, like, 90% of CBR articles is taking one line out of context.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For sure. I wish I could remember.
1: Oh,
2: uh, I but, a but also speaking of Marvel, um, uh-huh. like, I,
0: uh, oh, my God, I can't talk. <clears throat> what are you guys reading right now? You reading anything uh, interesting outside of DC? Or outside of weeklies, uh, anyway?
1: Yeah, I mean... Um, um, I, the, the most recent thing I, I had a chance to read was, um, and I, I kind of talked about it, but I guess I will talk about it on my, my post tomorrow morning, but um, I got the chance to meet Marjorie, Lee, who I absolutely love at, at New York Comic Con, and she was talking about her new book, The Night Eaters, um, and i have gotten one of the early advanced copies, but I hadn't had the chance to actually read it, just because things were so crazy um, around October. But I finally got to to sit down. It was just a, a very spur of the moment thing, um, but I got to, to sit down and read the first book of the Night Eaters. I think on Tuesday morning. It was really good. Um, it's about this um, Asian American family. Uh, really, these these two Asian American siblings who are basically uh, co-opted by their mother into cleaning an old house, only to find out that that old house is very haunted. Um, and yeah, chaos and sees from there. And there's a lot of other stuff there, but it was, it was really fun. Um, and uh, I, was, I was excited to read it because I'm a huge fan of, of Marjorie. And it's, it's the same team, actually, from another book, Monstrous, which is one of the best books ever. Um, so Monstrous that's that's the most recent amazing. thing I've read. Um, right yeah, I, I love that book. Um, and I I can just say on the conversation of, of meeting creators, Marjorie Lou is one of, if not the nicest people I've ever met in my life. Um, it literally was just so kind, so caring, personalized everything with like really sweet, long messages. It was, it was like touching. Um, and uh, yeah, so that, that's the most recent thing I've read, at least. Um, how about you?
2: I have, uh, earlier this week, I, I mentioned in Discord that I had no clue that there was a Hellraiser comic book. So I went and oh, did yeah. a deep dive and there's like a shitload of Hellraiser comic books. Um, So uh, I haven't been able to find any from 1989, but I dove into Clive Barker's Hellraiser from 2011, which he himself uh, co-wrote. And I'm missing issues zero, three, and 10. But uh, I'm, 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 I've am I'm actually skipped issue three already. I'll go back and read it when I find it. <laughs> it's it's awesome. so good. If you're into Hellraiser, that is. It's it's pretty fucked up, but it does add a l- lot to the lore. It's awesome. Who are you,
1: Rob? Very All right.
2: That's, um,
0: I'd say, a hidden gem. <clears throat> I also had no clue they were Hellraiser is. comics. Uh-huh. So who knows, like what else could be out there, right? So, thank you, Boom Studios.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been honestly just catching up because I've been busy with life stuff. So I've been catching up to yeah. all the the Marvel and indie stuff I've been missing, and there's actually quite a lot of good stuff out right now. Also, it's actually nice. got into finally, I I dove into Green Lantern Legacy. Uh. Ooh, and Started um, briefly. Started uh, a sequel. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, the one with well, I would. I wouldn't know. Irie West on the cover mm-hmm. with him. Um, yeah, it's actually really good. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's a fun book.
1: S- um, speaking of Green Lantern, um, and and Rob, you'll like this. But one of the, the books I'm sorry? planning to read this weekend. I think he cut you out for a minute? second there. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I was hour just hour saying. Hour. Speaking of of okay. Speaking of Green Lantern, uh, and Rob, I think you'll like this. One of the books I'm hoping to, to read this weekend when I, when I have a little more free time is the, the Tales of the Green Lantern trade that I picked up at Comic Con. Mm-hmm. I think I sent a picture yeah. of. It. It's the one from the yeah. '80s. And, I, I had the I had the, the single the first issue like a random floppy but I could never find the rest of the series and the miracle of miracles I found it um, and uh, I'm I'm really excited because it's like it's you know it's it's the classic core but it also has all of the, the tales of the Green Lantern with backups from the '80s and it's like all these wild Lanterns that you know you've probably never heard of. Um, their, their stories are featured here, um, and some of them have like early art from Dave Gibbons, which is super cool. So, I, I have I've only gotten to read the first issue, but I'm really excited to finish the rest of the book this weekend. I have it sitting on my desk, right like, staring at it right now. <laughs> I,
0: I'm trying to I can't remember what. Uh, hang on one second. If if it's the one I'm thinking of, I'm hoping it has. Mm. Oh, go away! Come on, open up. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. If it going. has the story from, you said Tales of the Green Lantern Court, right? Yeah. Yeah,
2: that's what he said. Yeah. Oh, uh,
0: if it has it a, so the, the um from the cor- from the, the Tales Annual Number Two, the story about the prophecy with Sodom Yacht.
1: I think it might actually. I'm not sure. Nice. Uh, I'll, I'll have to check. Um, but I, I love it so much because it has this beautiful, I mean, the listener can't see it. It has a beautiful yeah. cover from Brian Boland, and it's oh, a, that's a, a classic war. It's got Kat Matui and um, Tomar Ray and all that stuff, and the Guardians looking down very frequently. So I'm super yeah. excited. That's a fantastic cover.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping I, if you haven't read that that story, because that's one of the few stories and tales that I've read with the prophecy. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, is the blueprint for Jeff John's entire yeah. run <laughs> and it's actually I, I a think, lot of fun to read
1: yeah I, I think it may not be in here um, so it's probably in like volume 2 which has more of the backups uh, so oh, I'll okay. track that one down but yeah, uh, but yeah no it's super, super cool stuff so if I, if I find any super funky origins in here I'll, I'll make sure to send them over to Like, Rob do you know this lantern uh, and you probably will um, and then we can talk about that <laughs> we'll see.
0: Honestly, there's some I uh some I do and some I don't. I'm I'm more brushed up on some of the more uh recent ones. Like from from Green Lantern, Green Lantern Core during the late two thousands and the new fifty two. Mm-hmm. Some Sweet. of the classic ones not so much. Yeah. I do like Chase Alone though. You do like what? Chase Salon. Uh, just lot, yeah.
2: Who's your favorite? My manager?
1: favorite, my favorite of any, obscure lantern of any is is of the, Ch- the spectrums. Yeah, my my favorite obscure lantern is Jack T Chance. Mm. I just love that name yeah. so much.
0: he's he's awesome. He is actually awesome.
1: And his costume, if I remember correctly, is just like a Green Lantern so badge, and duster. he's just dressed like a space <laughs> pirate. That's like that is yeah, that is just genius. Burr.
0: I think he even, like, wears, I think it's called a bolo, a bolo tie? Yeah, right. Yeah, oh, I yeah. think so. It's just fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Green
2: Lantern, I, I, Jonah Hex.
0: <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Um, who who sorry, is your draw... favorite
2: Lantern of of every spectrum? Of of any of, spectrum, excuse of me. Of any spectrum. Oh, of okay. any spectrum. If you had to pick one, who would it be? Rob, um, I assume you've got to think about it, Brandon. Do you have one? <laughs>
1: um, well, I, <laughs> it should come as no surprise because I posted about it very enthusiastically on our Discord, but I have always been a huge sucker for St. Walker. I, I love St. Walker. Um, I, I took one of those online quizzes that tells you which lantern you are, and shockingly, I got a, a blue lantern, even though I thought I was always a very pessimistic person. Um, so the idea of being a hope lantern yeah. was very amusing to me but um, the first blue lantern i ever learned about was Saint Walker um, and I, I love this story and i love the character design and he's such a great friend to the core and it's just like that's that's what i would want to be that's the kind of person i want to be just you know the, the guy you can always rely on like every time they see Saint Walker they know that all will be well which is just wonderful so yeah that's my favorite all character will be well. outside of the regular game, yeah
2: how about you uh, You have you have you have you picked one yet are you yeah
0: are are we just picking one or one for each core no just one out of all of them oh okay um that 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 is a hard freaking question because there's so many greens i like but there's also
2: a couple of reds i like too Mm -hmm. um and there's plenty of greens that went red for a while yeah like like lyra Supergirl oh, Supergirl
0: was red for a while. That was wild. Uh, quite honestly, um, if I'm not picking one of the Lost Lanterns or Kyle Rayner, I'm picking, and it's going to be a bit of a weird choice, but I think a lot of fans that watch the, the animated series will agree with me. Razor.
2: Ah, that's you guys both have good choices. Oh yeah, Razor <laughs> Saint <a> Walker. <laughs> Saint Walker is one of my favorite lanterns. one of of them and uh, uh, Razor was pretty cool I do remember the comic I think the or cartoon excuse me the I think the most entertaining uh lantern that I've ever read Uh, and this this is fresh in my head because we were talking about the new 52 earlier but Larfley's Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always
1: forget Larflees had a series during the New 52. Yeah. That was very, actually, if I remember correctly... Good, but it was good. Yeah. I think it was Giffen and Demetrius, which the idea yeah. of like, the Justice League international team doing a fucking Larfleas book is hilarious to me. But yeah. I, I remember getting a couple of back issues of that and I thought it was pretty good, but I, I haven't thought about it in a while, so it might be nice to read that. As
0: entertaining as that run is, nothing is better with Larfleeze than the Christmas special. I have that too, <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> so fucking good when he meets Santa Claus. <laughs> he's like, yeah. "Why are you just giving the stuff away? Take it! I want it all." <laughs> exactly.
1: Santa's a fool. Yeah.
2: I've always yeah. pictured Larfleeze's voice as a very, very deep smegle.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah.
0: the only way and and i think if if we're talking favorite larfleas moments which i know i just pulled that out of my ass (laughs) but i I always think about this when i think about larfleas when the quote-unquote new guardians first came together during blackest night which is like the the premier lead lanterns of each core and then hal jordan uh they each recited their oaths to power up their batteries and then they all turn and look at larfleas and like so are you gonna recite your oath and like Oath? What's mm-hmm. an oath? Can I eat it? Yeah.
2: Can I eat yeah. it?
1: <laughs> I think my my favorite is uh, uh, some, something like that. But I think my favorite is when Lex gets his orange lantern ring. Um, yeah. And he's just so pretty. I mean, it's it's the natural choice. Um, and Larflees is just livid about it. Like, how dare you? You can't have that. They're all mine. It's like, no. Yeah. You you have only begun to know greed because Lex knows that times infinity. Yeah, <laughs> I mean
0: he, he has to know greed. He stole forty cakes.
2: Exactly. Technically, it's avarice. It's yes. Avarice. Yeah. Yeah. But let's, I, let's I just
0: call same... it greed. That's that's it's sort of like what I It's like willpower and courage. is the same shit. <laughs> it's like the same. <laughs> Hope and being naive. It's the same thing.
2: Hope and being um, naive is the same thing? Yeah. <laughs> Brandon, I don't think you're the pessimistic one. <laughs>
0: okay, uh, so that's enough fun for one day. Yeah, we're going to get into All some right, books we'll now. right, we'll talk to you guys later. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I right. say that because I'm looking I'm looking right. at our first book in Quick bites and... Uh, but I guess we're, we'll get into some mentions first. If, uh, Josh, you want to preface yes. us with with uh, the, the books we're not covering today before we get into the get into something.
2: <laughs> yeah, sure, absolutely. I actually had a pretty darn good time with the honorable mentions this week. Deceased, War of the Undead Gods, number four. DC vs. Vampire, All Out War, number five. And Black Adam, number six. Huh, I didn't mean to put them in numerical order. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Those were all pretty darn good books, man. Yeah. And then the last oh. one is Batman, One Bad Day, Mr. Freeze. This book was fucking exceptional. Ooh, uh, good. Jerry Dugan and Matteo uh, Scalera, uh, I think that's how you say his last name, they yeah, hit a flat-out standing crowd soaring home run. It was you so have good, and I've not said that one time about a one bad day book, but this
1: is yeah, fucking awesome. If you have awesome. not read the Gravedigger issue from the New Fifty Two run of Batman, that's the same creative team, and it's probably the most exceptional one shot um, in that entire run. Not counting, you know, the Snyder stuff. Obviously, it's really good. But just talking a pure one and done Batman story. It's it's excellent. Um, and that's I believe Batman number 34 you can look it up and it should be easy to find but um, yeah that's also Jerry Duggan and Mateo Scalino Is that during the Scott Snyder run New 52 you said? They yeah it of- was just like a random basically like um, we're bringing in a couple of guest writers and um, Jerry Duggan was one of them but I believe it's Batman number 34 from like Yeah, that would place it between
0: Zero Year <laughs> and Endgame I believe yeah and during those big stories I was like yeah so it should be 34 sounds about right because I think Endgame started in 35
1: but I don't remember that story yeah no, it's a really really just tight solid one and done story about Batman taking yeah. down this evil grave digger guy exceptional art um, and uh, yeah no, just really solid so if you liked One Bad Day I would recommend checking out that that single issue it's really good
2: I'm a I can't. I can't remember that. I, he did Arkham Manor too, didn't he?
1: He did. Yes, with Sean Crystal, um, and that was actually why oh. I wanted to check that book out because I read that that issue and I was like, "Damn, this is really good." I want to see you know what more he could do with Batman and I just kind of saw if he'd done anymore. DC. Yeah, I, think I saw I Arkham had Manor. Not, I, like, I had okay, not yeah, read cool.
2: that, and you, I, I, I was trying to remember, and I thought you had uh, you had shared that with me earlier
1: yes yeah that's uh, it's like after Batman Eternal um, and Wayne Manor has been turned into the new Arkham Asylum after it was destroyed by the Spectre that's a whole other story Um, and basically it just like picks up with Bruce investigating undercover
2: in the new Arkham Manor sounds good like a fun time to me but that is all the honorable mentions that I've got this week fair enough
0: yeah, I I haven't busted into a Mister Freeze yet, but I'm excited for it. That's the last book I have to read, and I don't know about you guys, but Mister Freeze is kind of a hit or miss villain for me. But at the like, kind of one of my favorites, only because of that story in Bitas, which I think was uh-huh. his introduction to the show. Was, I ice. think I think it was in the movie Sub Zero. I don't quite remember. I think it was, but that was just such an amazing story, and ever since then, I've just loved Mr. Freeze, despite the fact that he's so underutilized constantly. <laughs> so yeah. this, I hope, I hope, yeah, I'm excited to hear this is good.
2: It is. Um, it, it really is. It's damn good. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Like, like, 9 out of 10 enjoyed the hell out of it.
0: Right on. Awesome. Okay, so that is going to take us into our Quick bite section. Little bits of tiny dessert pieces that you can sink your teeth into uh, and we're going to start off with the macadamia nut uh, of the dessert features um, in Dark Crisis Young Justice number six and Brandon is going to tell us about
1: the final issue in that miniseries tie-in yes i i I guess i will uh this is as rob said dark crisis young justice number six written by megan Fitzmartin, with art from laura braga colors from Luis guerrero and colors from tributary young justice work together using the power of friendship and quantum physics to defeat mickey mixius pitlick and trap him seemingly for good following this they make their way to the big fight at the hall of justice seen in dark crisis feeling more reassured in themselves and their future Meh, six out of ten. That's all I wrote, literally. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, all that's it. It's everything. Write. Yeah, that's, that's exactly um, all I have. I can send you a screenshot. It says "meh," followed by an I, ellipse, six out of ten. I totally believe it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, 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 I notice a lot of Photoshop moments in the art, which I get for some moments can be done to save time, but when you have two of them in the same page and it's exactly yeah. the same it's really distracting especially when it that same one of the same same panels also has cassie using heat vision is that one of wonder girl's powers i don't remember
2: that one i don't either
0: yeah i don't remember that no so there. Sure, the story ended neatly wrapped and everything, but it it still felt like half an ending. Something didn't really feel right, despite the fact that everything was wrong. So Yeah. You, you gave a 6 I'm... out of 10, Brandon? Yes. Yep.
2: Yeah, that's what he said. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, man, not only was the ending pretty lackluster, but the dialogue is the absolute worst it has ever been. It is... It's, it's the time of the season for me to complain about Hallmark gr- Christmas movies. But with <laughs> writing like this, writing so exceptionally corny and bad, I mean, just bad, I realize now that there are things worse than those damn Hallmark movies. Namely, Megan Fitzmartin. Um, decent art. Uh, the Photoshop kind of... Uh, but... Uh, I gave it a tick up in the score because it's finally over 5 out of 10 Yeah, that, that was me too 5 out of 10 Horrible yeah.
0: What the hell So, okay We're gonna go from a dark crisis into just a dark story uh, that, quite honestly is gonna shine a little bit brighter than Young Justice ever will <laughs> It's GCPD, the blue wall number 2 and I'm gonna pass it on over to Josh we have
1: Alrighty. another Dark written Crisis by... tie-in. It's weird that we didn't just go straight into that, so we could just be done with folks. Yeah, thinking about that now, that might have been... <laughs> would have made better. more sense. Because <laughs> we're kind of jumping
0: back and forth. Yeah, that's true. Oops.
2: Oh, well. Oh, well. All right. Well, GCPD, The Blue Wall, number two, written by John Ridley, uh, drawn by Stefano Raphael, colors from... Brad Anderson and Ariana Marr did the lettering. Uh, the gritty, real-feeling story continues in this issue. Montoya is dealing with the trauma she experienced from Two-Face way back in Gotham Central. Officer Wells, uh, he's got good intentions, doing what he can to help his parolees, but he's ordered to go hard on them rather than try to be to ear and offer assistance the way that he wanted to do things. Uh, the parolee in this case in the story is a guy named Devante, released from prison after four years of doing a part as, uh, Two-Face's crew. He wants nothing to do with any, he wants to do anything that'll help his family out. Um, everybody thinks he went to go do this, do another heist, uh, but they're all wrong. He decided to call in a tip about the robbery, knowing that they would come for him. Uh, so he sat out on a park bench and waited for the repercussions, and he got them via a close-range gunshot to the back of the head. But he knew that his wife and child would be okay because he took out a life insurance policy for three-quarters of a million dollars. At the end, while Wells faces in himself, Montoya decides it is time to go after Two-Face. This story, it continues to be awesome. The art is gorgeous, and I just, I can't wait for next month's issue. I gave it an 8.75 out of 10. yeah I I'm right there with you I gave it
0: 8.75 the characters make this book so well it it's it's so good it does feel very much like a Gotham Central follow-up and and the art is is really well done 8.75 it's it's definitely a read
1: I have not read this one yet I missed the first issue so I still need to catch up with that one I, I have still couple of PC books that i haven't gotten to catch up with yet so i will get to this one eventually but i'm, I'm bummed that i've not had the chance to read it yet because gotham central is one of my favorite oh, books no. so to hear that this is kind of a spiritual you know sequel to that is, is exciting and, uh, should be a good read. i
2: would i wouldn't say a direct sequel but like more like a spiritual successor yeah that makes sense
1: yeah did i say oh sorry i'm a spiritual successor Well,
2: no, Rob said sequel, but. um, Well, it was like follow up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it. Oh, I love it. Uh, Yeah, it's really good.
0: Okay, so we're going to go from. (laughs) We're just going to go back in time. Screw it. We're going back to Dark Crisis tie ins. Uh, Brandon made a good point. Should have just done it the other way around, but here we are. (laughs) It's Worlds Without a Justice League Batman, the final uh, tie in for the justice league members before the eventual finale i believe next month with number seven uh so this uh the front half is written by simon spurrier with art from ryan sook uh colors from ryan sook as well and letters from troy patery where the backup starring zatanna is written by megan fitzmartin with art from dan jurgens and norm ratmund with colors from frederico blee and letters again from troy patery so with the Batman half, uh, Bruce is the day man, but Bruce is also the Nightman. The Dayman is the fighter of the Nightman, but the Nightman gets the drop on the day man, mm-hmm. and Nightman captures the day man. Uh, yeah. It's all to over make it's that nice. a little <laughs> weird. When
1: the, the <laughs> troll who collects the
2: troll <laughs> to get into the bowl. <laughs>
0: They were both Danny DeVito, so, yes, <laughs> <that exactly. works. laughs> so to make it a little this. clearer,
2: the original Bruce Wayne died and made two clones of himself. One part Bruce Wayne, one part Batman.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, where the the Batman Bruce Wayne is just called the Knights and is dressed in all black with a yellow gear as an emblem, but the uh, Bruce Wayne Bruce Wayne is
2: dressed in all white hence my Dayman Nightman comparisons uh,
0: mm-hmm. and, oh, and it he is go- very he goes
2: by Mr. Wax because he didn't like yeah. the sound of the last name Wayne uh, Wayne means get smaller Wax means get really. bigger if you like the moon anyway. yeah is not giving
1: away so much of the issue in the quick bite section that's kind of weird Ah.
0: Eh. Yeah, I won't. I won't give away too much more. Um, give it a shot. <laughs> I I found it interesting. I found it weird, um, in a very always sunny kind of way. Um, as for Satana, it was even weirder. Uh, she may or may not have made the universe in her mind, uh, and is searching for something, uh, but ends up finding herself, and then ends up finding her dad. And then the Justice League wake her up, uh, and then she is holding a sword that I think is very reminiscent of Alan Scott's sword in Kingdom Come. Yes. Yeah. I didn't
2: put that together, but you're right.
0: And that was that was that. <laughs> uh, for the the last backup, which the backups have very much been showing, certain members of the Justice League kind of snapping out of it and having uh um in. Or out of universe, I guess conversations. It it kind of ends well, I'd say, but the whole issue is kind of weird. Um, not bad, enjoyable, but at at the end of the day, right now, it's ultimately pointless. Not just because of Dark Crisis, but the at least the two worlds listed in, in this issue uh, just feel kind of out of place compared to the rest. Batman's. if this is a world without a justice league, but it's supposed to be his deepest, darkest desires, why is his deepest, darkest desire to split himself in two and have one part of the world a, a shitstorm caused by the Joker, but the other part uh, nobody has any free will. It's really weird. 7.5 out of 10. Seems like a weird score compared to what I'm saying, but like I said, it's a weird issue. Man the for the Batman's story. To,
1: to your point, yeah, to your point about the sort of, split. they kind of explain it towards the end. I don't want to give away too much, but they they sort of go into why Bruce would want two different versions of himself, given that he lives kind of a divisive life. And wouldn't it be a little bit easier to have two distinct lives, where you kind of, you know, be the eternal knight hunting for criminals, and also be the great inventor? Um, but uh, I feel like I kind of already gave it away, but suffice it to say they, they kind of touch on that, but I, I can understand where you're coming from. It is a little odd um, Yeah, develop that more, but they only had so much space, so I understand. I would like to say I love this. I like the idea of it, I like the concept, as with many of these tie-ins, but this one was just kind of weird. Um, yeah, And I think it spent, I think it spent a little much, too much, I can't talk, it spent a little too much time um, and this is going to sound weird but I think too much time wrapped in the mystery for a really kind of rushed explanation at the end and then it just kind of tosses you right back to the beginning which I get but I, I feel like for a story like this you really needed to kind of let it play out in more than just you know 20 or 30 pages or so um, Agreed. the Satana's story was yeah. also kind of that same way um, but maybe to a lesser extent just because it was shorter but Yeah, no, it's just, again, with a lot of these ones, some they have great concepts, they just really need to be longer um, to kind of execute what they wanted to execute. So uh, I gave this one also a 7.5 out of 10.
2: I mean, I, I think for the Batman story, Spurrier took this idea and just whooped ass with it. I mean, I'll be damned. I think that this is the best worlds without yet, in my opinion. Great art. It's a great premise. I do wish that there was more, like you said. Uh, The Zatanna one? I'm not even sure what the fuck even happened in there. It seemed so unimportant, and if it was supposed to be, it flopped. The art is redeemable, but the story felt like it just wasn't there. And, of course, it was Megan Fitzmartin that wrote it. Someday, maybe, I might actually like something she does. But the forecast looks doubtful. Because the first part was so good, and the art was good in both parts, I'll give this a 7, but that is as high as I can go figuring in the backup. It's too bad, because honestly, without it, I probably would have given this an 8.5.
0: No, fair enough. Yeah, the the Zatanna one was very weird. (laughs) I enjoyed it, uh, but it was kind of like not a world at the same time. I don't know. Yeah. All right, so we're going to come out of the darkness now and shine a spotlight onto a very bright character in Stargirl with The Lost Children number 1, and I'm going to pass it on over to Brandon.
1: Yeah, I would definitely say it's a very bright character. Um, but yes, this is Stargirl, The Lost Children No. 1, written by Jeff Johns with art from Todd Knock and Matt Herms, always exciting. Stargirl is on the hunt for the missing wing, who after the events of the Stargirl Spring Break Special is still alive out there somewhere. Joining her on the hunt is Red Arrow and the pair follow their first lead from an old Golden Age sidekick named Danny the Dynamite. This path leads them to the attention of a whole list of forgotten Golden Age sidekicks seen first in the New Golden Age last week, and Red Arrow decides they need to head back to the Arrow Cave to uncover more of this mystery. At the same time, the elder Danny the Dynamite, real name Danny Dunbar, is following the lead of another Golden Age sidekick and washes up on the mysterious island that has reversed his aging. While it appears to be a miracle at first, Danny quickly discovers that miracles often come with a price. Uh, really fun and solid adventure. Courtney and Emiko make a great pair, and I'm excited to see where the mystery leads. And Todd Nak is always incredible, always excited to see him do more stuff. So I had a lot of fun, and I hope it kind of keeps this more lighthearted tone. Um, seems there's a little bit of commentary on you know, having sidekicks in the Golden Age and all that stuff. I'm hoping it doesn't get too serious with it. it sort of embraces the whimsy of, of what it was like having a kid sidekick um, back in those days. But I had fun with it, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next couple of issues. So I gave this an eight point two five out of ten.
2: Right on. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think the art is pretty good. I like the contrast of the new and old art styles. Um. Damn, my phone just died. Uh, the the rest of it, while a cool idea, kind of just feels like a super generic setup issue. It's not bad, but I feel like it n- needs to get better. Um, after reading this, I have I haven't gone all the way through the who's who, um, but I have poked around on the uh, DC fandom website and for a couple of the characters, and I found out that uh, uh, these forgotten sidekicks like Molly pitcher is actually a character from the main universe uh, created by Jeff Johns way back in uh, 2011 and uh, uh, ladybug who it surprised the hell out of me uh, is a character on earth 8 created by Grant Morrison so I mean these these characters well, I don't actually think that's the same ones
1: because I think that ladybug is supposed to be a,
2: a spider-man parody that but... Ah, well okay well the name's the same yeah. <laughs> but anyway um i uh i i i enjoyed it i thought it was pretty good for a for what it was i gave it a seven out of ten all right don i
0: i'm still completely sold on this new golden age after um the new golden age one shot we got last week and star girl this week i can't wait to see what jsa comes with uh and this yeah. whole new sidekick idea i think is great and now you're bringing in airwave hell yeah i love yeah. larry jordan
2: doesn't airwave yes. sound like the name of a transformer
0: i'm pretty yeah, sure it is, it is. It probably, is. Mm-hmm. It probably is. i know there's sound Soundwave, so
2: i think airwave's not yeah. too far off Yeah, there's got to be. Do do the updated, does the updated version of Soundwave come with Spotify? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh,
0: goodness.
2: (laughs) Oh, I hope so. Um, Good question
0: yeah i i am loving this issue i really enjoyed it uh i think the the miniseries is going to this is one of those things where realistically at least i hope it does should have some actual and i know they say it all the freaking time repercussions that will change the dc universe forever hopefully Uh, because you're introducing a whole bunch of new characters and we're getting some characters that already existed and some new characters brought in and they're being reinserted into the timeline and being shoved in into the these people's lives and it's going to stick hopefully it's going to stick um and if this is jeff johns trying to say yeah no i'm all about legacy i'm not just i'm not i don't just love hal and barry and that's why i brought them back in the mid-2000s no i love legacy so if this is him trying to say that Okay, go for it, man. Because <laughs> yeah. bring it it's, on. You know, it's it, uh,
1: it's the perfect era to do it, as, as I said last week, because the Golden Age kind of has that weird liminal period where after it ended and the Silver Age began, um, a lot of the books had gotten canceled, and so they were just kind of in limbo for a while. So who knows what they would have been doing had superhero comics, you know, not taken the dive. Um, yeah. So it's, it's kind of like filling in the gaps is, is how I see it. Yeah, yeah
2: good way of putting it very much
0: as uh, so i gave this an 8.5 out of 10 i can't wait to see where this goes me either and with that i think we'll take a quick commercial break before we get into our in-depth reviews stay tuned and we're back thanks for sticking with not a robot hope that wasn't too bad i know it wasn't stop lying to me so now we're going to get into our in-depth reviews. and We're going to start off with The Flash number 788. I'm going to bring that up to speed, if you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> mm, nice one.
0: Yeah. Indeed. Okay, so we open up on Warden Wolf. Now, Mare Wolf is uh, speaking with some mysterious people who happen to not for very long be mysterious. It's five of the Central City rogues, particularly Mirror Master, Heatwave, Captain Cold, Weather Wizard, and the Trickster. And with his one of his first acts as the new mayor of Central City, he's deputizing these people to help bring the city to justice. And then it yeah. also includes The Flash, Wally West, that is. Not Barry, because Lord only knows where he is. Wally, however, is having a little doctor's visit with Mr. Terrific and Dr. Midnight while they're scanning Linda. They are able to confirm that she is, in fact, pregnant, and Wally and Linda are having yet another baby. Wally's oh a little... uh, Kind of nervous about this, but then hears it again and gets super excited. Uh, the Mr. Terrific and Dr. Midnight do say that potentially, possibly maybe it's the child is what's giving Linda her powers but they don't know for sure. Just in case, she should maybe cool out on powers just in case it brings harm to the baby. Outside the uh, Wally and Linda have a little heart to heart and just get hyped up about the fact that they're having another child before Wally notices Captain Cold holding up a bank so he quickly changes into a scarlet outfit He runs in taking the cold gun away from him is it the cold gun or the yeah this was the cold gun and the others are the free okay i always get them confused um not realizing that captain cold is actually on the right side of the law this time to which captain cold quickly flashes off his special badge and uh wally just responds in kind by laughing his scarlet ass off i (laughs) I like that that. i don't blame (laughs) it however um Snart then calls in his cohorts, the rest of the rogues, to help bring Wally down and bring him to justice, as he is now under arrest. However, he's too fast to have his Miranda rights read to him, yet all the rogues send all their powers from their weapons hurtling at him right away, and he gets blasted around, punched by Mirror Master from across the room, and Justice Trickster is about to hit him with, um, I guess that's a sharp, like a razor yo-yo to cut his Achilles tendon, Something gets in the way and sends the yo yo off towards Captain Cole's cold gun, which cuts it in half, and a blast of cold energy comes out of it. But Linda arrives. She's the one that uh, knocked the yo yo away, grabs Wally, and they get out of their post haste. Arriving back at home, where Ace has been uh, somewhat babysitting Jay and Irie, to which he says, It's not babysitting. I'm just watching them. And Wally says, Well, great, because if it was babysitting, I'd have to pay you. Screwed yourself, Ace. Good job. Um, They blurt (laughs) out that uh, Linda is pregnant yet again. uh, Everybody's excited, apparently, except for Jay. Later, Terrific Tech, Wally and Mr. Terrific are uh, discussing all the things going on in the city while various experiments are happening around them in hilarious fashion about uh, basically catching everyone up to speed on Warden Wolf and where he's gone in the past. Um, meanwhile before they make it to Wally's lab where his staff have finished their experiments and are ready to run a full test on entering hypertime and Mr. Holt is very excited about this he wants the test into hypertime scheduled within the next week and that's what we last saw in Flashpoint Beyond Uh, curious to see where that little thread's going to go right uh, now back at Mayor Wolf's office, he is speaking with his. Uh, I guess she's the deputy mayor, uh, but I do not remember her villain name. Um, uh, Blacksmith, Black. thank you. Yep. About Beat me. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, about the money that they borrowed from the so called mob to run Mayor Wolf's campaign. Uh, and how Mayor Wolf is just not going to pay it back because he's the mayor and he's, joining, he's trying to clean up the city so why would he give money to the mob? He's taking the money, he's keeping it, and he's going to arrest the fools. Uh, she doesn't like that and does not want to start a war with the mob so Wolf uh, snaps his fingers and she gets electrocuted his eyes start glowing, she li- he lifts her up uh, with one hand and just kind of alludes at the fact that he uh, they all have secrets and that's why he has powers now go do what I ask, that's in order. Meanwhile, at uh, Mick Rory's apartment, Wally arrives uh, to figure out what's going on, because last they taught, Wally was supposed to help, but Mick was gone, and he was off with the uh, Suicide Squad thanks to Amanda Waller. Uh, Wally thinks he's getting through to him, but then Rory just says, I've got loyalty, and shoots him out of the, the Apartment through the window with a loud, large kaboom from his heat gun. I believe it is. Uh, Just as Weather Wizard shows up, uh, Captain Cold freezes some ground, and he goes falling off a building through a mirror, landing in front of all the Rogues. They are surrounding him, but then some music starts playing from the distance, and in arrives Hartley Sawyer—or not Hartley Sawyer, (laughs) Hartley Rathaway the Pied Piper <laughs> Hartley Sawyer is a very different Flash character that does not exist anymore um, yeah Hartley Rathaway the the Pied Piper has returned and it sounds like he may be on the Flash's side which is very good in my eyes uh, so this whole story may feel familiar maybe like Joshua Williamson did it in his run but this issue actually brings that up and notes just how different it is while still being the same i ain't even mad about that it's good (laughs) i like it (laughs) what i love about jeremy adams writing and i just realized i yet again didn't do the damn credits (laughs) what i love about jeremy adams writing in this book is that it, it doesn't take itself too seriously it has the serious discussions but also the fun moments sometimes at the same time and those moments just make you smile it's got a good balance the art's a great pairing i think it brings everything to life perfectly and I'll still give the credits now. It's written by Jeremy Adams with pencils from Fernando Pazarin, inks from Matt Ryan, colors from Matt Herms, letters from Rob Lee, and a dope cover from Torin Clark. Lots of fun. I really enjoyed it. This has been a run for the ages. Uh 9.25 out
2: of 10. Hey, don't nice. feel bad yeah, about no, forgetting this has been the credits a lot or doing it at the end of the show. Because mm-hmm. Barry would tell you, better late than never very yes. true yeah That's like, a
1: can you guys flashback. hear me i can't really tell yes.
2: oh yeah yep i can okay.
1: hear you um yeah no this this run as as you had previously said and i've i'm trying to speak as loud as i can um because i know there's still an echo and it, it sounds very shouty in my room um so i hope i'm not pissing up my roommates but this this has been a lot of fun <laughs> as you said um and this will be an interesting next chapter, seeing Warden Wolf now Mayor Wolf of uh, Keystone City, and how that is going to play out. I imagine certainly some more chaos and future issues, um, but definitely an exciting return. Hartley Rathaway was a close confidant of, of Wally's for quite some time, and uh, really during the Mark Wade run, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it'll be fun to see him. Kind of reconnect with Wally. I, I can't even remember the last time they would have. Probably not since you know, the early two thousands, I should think. Um, so that'll be nice. Um, but there, I there is a small continuity thing, and I think they had kind of messed it up before. And I don't know if they're still sticking with it or, or or something. But Wally kind of acts like he doesn't know Wolf, which is still really weird for me because he should be very familiar with Warden Wolf considering he was the Warden of Iron Heights when he was the flash uh, and they actually were, were quite uh, uh, quite unfriendly to each other to the point where they would definitely remember each other well. Um, so it's I'm not really sure why Wally has some kind of amnesia around Wolf. I don't know if that's like flashpoint shenanigans or something like that, but it is a little weird. Where he's just is kind of acting like he has no information. It's like, dude, you've known this guy since you were, since uh, you've known him for a while. You should know who he is and and facts about him. But aside from that, pretty fun story. Interested to see where it uh, goes next. So, I gave this one an eight point
2: five out of (laughs) ten. Shit got weird, huh? (laughs) Um, I know I wasn't expecting anything like this issue at all. Uh, Though we've seen Barry go through it, it was Suicide Squad stuff, and this is decidedly not. And on top of that, Mayor (laughs) Warden, he has powers now? Ah, shit. But at least Wally has the Piper. And I really hope nothing happens to the baby because she's forced to use her powers to help Wally out. Uh, because that would destroy Wally and basically undo all the good that's been with him since they stopped treating him like a punching bag. Uh, Plus, they already this... did
1: that with the Zoom storyline where Wally's kids died exactly. that first time, except then they were brought back to life through Speed Force Magic. Yeah.
2: Speed Force Magic! Um, I think that this could be great. I hope it's not a, rep- a return to Depression Flash. Uh, fingers crossed my dudes the art is fantastic as always i love it this is a really good setup to what could be a potentially really good arc i dig it and gave it an 8.25 out of 10
0: all right on. All right. so that is uh one young titan that we've seen in the past and we're gonna head on over to another titan who has gone into a legacy status himself, and that's Nightwing with number 98, and I'm going to hand the reins over to Brandon.
1: Yeah, something like that. But uh, but yes, this is Nightwing, number 98, uh, written by Tom Taylor, with art from Daniele DiNicuolo. Both those names should sound familiar to you if you have read the book Seven Secrets, uh, so that's fun Reunion. Um, if you have, you should. Yeah, from Adriano Lucas, and letters from Tom Napolitano. The DCU has a new world's finest, and it's none other than Nightwing and his biggest fan, Nightmite. A fifth dimensional imp named Dixel, though he calls himself Nightmite, shows up at the Nightwing Batgirl romantic weekend getaway slash mob boss babysitting gig and reveals himself to be the biggest Nightwing fan in the known multiverse, which is obviously not true, because I'm the biggest Nightwing fan in the known multiverse, but I digress. <laughs> uh, after some shenanigans involving a fake wedding and further tomfoolery, makes Dick, or takes Dick back to Grayson. Oh, that was gross. Um, back to Bloodhaven and reveals his true reason for coming. He needs Dick's help to save Blockbuster. uh, Blockbuster's firstborn child, a little girl named Olivia, as Blockbuster had previously sold her soul to Miron in renegotiation for a previous deal he had made with Miron. While Nightmite is not able to intervene directly, despite his fifth dimensional power, he arms Dick with specially augmented Eskrima sticks that power up with the following phrase, Nightwing is awesome. With the help of a super-powered <laughs> Wing, Nightwing is able to stop Miran's minions from taking Olivia's soul. Following this, Nightmight tells Dick that he should fill the role Blockbuster had previously occupied in Bloodhaven, but should use his power and influence for good. He knows Dick will do it best because, as everyone, but especially Nightmight, but especially me, knows Nightwing is awesome. <laughs> uh, definitely a filler issue, I won't deny that, uh, but a fun, cute one nonetheless. Very nice to see that the Seven Soldiers team worked as well here as they did over the bloom. And it just, I don't know. I, I came away with a big smile on my face, so I had a lot of fun. Um, but I gave this one an 8.75 out of 10.
2: Right on. Uh, I cannot say how absolutely ecstatic I am that there is no Rick Grayson. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. That, oh man, I I cringed at the last page of the last issue, hard, like even on the inside. But Nightmite, um, yes, Dixel is different from the others, Batmite and Mixie. But I don't know, man. Uh, Nightwing fighting demons with go back to hell at sticks. It just, I don't know, man. It was a it was a little fun, but very fillery. and. I wasn't I I was not expecting the Niqualo art. Um it's not bad. She uh very very good artist, she, but it was just a huh moment when I flipped it open. It just kind of caught me off guard. Not that that's a bad thing when the art is still good. But it's definitely not redondo for sure. Um this is not a bad issue, but I felt a little let down that there is another filler issue from Tom Taylor, and I feel like we've been getting a few of these lately. Uh, this is one of my favorite creators working for DC right now, but I feel like feel like we're just getting padding to fill out his run, and that is a fucking bummer. Uh, I don't think it did really anything to move the story or anything else forward. Uh, my only question is... Will Haley, a.k.a. Bitewing, continue to be able to talk? Probably not. Other than but, that, uh, it's kind of yeah, a decent book see. average city, man. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Right on. You um, guys think that Bitewing is going to be continue to talk? No. Probably
1: not, no. I think that was just a fun little uh, gimmick for this issue. No,
2: it's yeah. just, just, just this one and done while Dixel was yeah. around? Yeah.
0: Uh, well, that that actually goes into one of my notes. I'm I'm hoping Nightmite might sticks around a little longer than this issue, though I don't think that will be the case because it, Bitewing being powered that way is only because of Nightmite. So if Nightmite goes back to the fifth dimension, uh, there goes Haley's abilities, right?
2: Um, Maybe. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, we'll see.
0: Um, for me, this was an amazing issue. It was a lot of fun. Inicuolo on the art I think was a great choice. It fit really well, it fit perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a classic case of my ongoing debate that filler issues and filler episodes are sometimes or maybe even most of the time the best stories <laughs> because they're not <laughs> bogged down by plots uh, and this, I think this is a clear example of that because it is a lot of fun. Um, I'm not against Taylor right now with filler issues. Yeah, the, the plot is kind of taking a long time to get along. We finally got through the blockbuster arc, but now we're we're just waiting on more from Heartless. But I right. get it. If, if he's got an ongoing run with no uh, end in sight right now, uh, why, why rush Heartless, you know? Because um, if you finish Heartless, then it's just going to be nothing but one-shot stories. And that that doesn't sound as fun. Whereas if you have, you know, plot and then a one shot story and plot and one shot story, it sure drags it out, but at least it's patterned in a way that can be enjoyable compared to just nothing but one shot stories. And as much when as I like do enjoy them, I don't want them constantly.
2: No. And I mean like the pacing for Son of Kalel, a lot of people complained about it, but I would rather have the slow pacing with a good story than rushing through something and, and dumping a yeah. bunch of filler issues into it.
0: Yeah. I was, Son of kello was... I, knowing it now, I think it's kind of interesting because he did a whole, basically, a 12 or 13 issue arc for the Gamora core, And then after mm-hmm. that, we got into other stuff. So, kind of like... It, I think Suicide Squad was 12 issues for him as well but that was always billed as a limited series so it's. I think he's good with 12 issue arcs I don't know, maybe that's his thing it's really hard to get a bead sometimes <laughs> but as for this Nightwing number 98, I really enjoyed it so we've got Nightmite we've got Bitewing uh, what other puns can Taylor give us in the future because there's been quite a few Nightwing puns so far and I, I'm loving that I'm hoping there's more to, to see me too and I also had a thought about where the story could go, at least with Heartless and Brandon. I, I'm going to need your expertise on this one. All right. So, Blockbuster died well, two issues ago. I think it was '96, if I remember correctly. Yes. To Heartless. I think you're right. Um, previously, uh, Blockbuster died way back. And I think it was the late 90s. 2004. Oh, 2004, in Nightwing number 92. Okay.
1: Notorious storyline. I
0: think it was, yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: Nightwing number 93. 93, That is an issue that uh, lives in infamy, to quote our our dear departed President Roosevelt.
0: (laughs) So the closeness in issue numbers, what kind of gave me this theory that what if. And just follow, I'm going to say this one sentence and things are going to click and where you think my theory is going. And I, 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 I mm. hope to high father, I'm wrong. That heartless
2: <laughs> is I love it when you say that.
1: Oh, I knew, I knew say you were going to say that. And, and <laughs> well, I, uh, I already have, have, the, have the balls to
2: say, say that one more time <laughs> in, in my in
1: my room, ready to go. Um, no, I don't think it's going to be that if it is that I will stop reading this book. Um, Hell yeah. That's that's exaggeration. I, mean, I probably would
0: keep could, reading it. I haven't read. Yeah, that. I
1: haven't read that part of, of Devin
0: Grayson's run, so I'm not sure how I know. Hearing from you and reading online that it's 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 quite a freaking tale.
1: Okay, but so right, so I can't. Here's,
0: see for here's sure where we go into what it is, yeah. but
1: maybe Taylor so, could
0: redeem the character. I don't know if that's a thing
1: that. Here's happen. here's where we, here's where we go into speculation territory because uh. many many have already pointed to some of the similarities know, between man. Devin Grayson's run on Nightwing and Tom Taylor's run on Nightwing. I don't know. Specifically certain moments. Of one of the moments Can hey, right. right? you hear me? Ah, yeah. yes. Okay. Okay, cool. Okay, all right. Well I will I will make this right. short then. Um anyway, suffice it to say, as I was I was getting ready to break it down, because Rob pointed something and uh and and I think he knew he was baiting me. Like a, like a tease, he knew, he knew that my mind was going to run away with it. Um, but yes, many many have already pointed to some of the similarities between Tom Taylor's run and Devin Grayson's run. And it's not even just moments, actually. It's thematically, because I think their, their writing styles are, are quite similar. Um, uh, but one of the things that, that people have pointed to is that, um, and it's, it's funny that you mentioned redeeming the character, because one of the moments that people have pointed to is the fact that both of them um, basically, had Dick Grayson's apartment, the one that he owns, destroyed by Blockbuster. That happened in Grayson's run after Blockbuster had discovered Dick Grayson's identity um, as Nightwing, um, and then you know blew up everyone in the building, and they all tragically died, and that sent him down a really dark path. And that's pretty much where the run starts to fall apart. Um, whereas in Taylor's run, everyone in the apartment building is is also experiencing the explosion, but they are all saved. So it's it's almost like the inverse where The same thing happens, except instead of all getting tragically killed, um, they're all saved by Nightwing. Um, And obviously the the relationship between Dick and Barbara has been a central role in this storyline so far. It was in Devin Grayson's run, but gradually start to fall apart, which a lot of people were upset at. But the biggest one is is obviously killing Blockbuster. Only now, and again, talking about redemption, whereas Blockbuster killing... tarantula killing blockbuster in issue 93 and then doing things with dick grayson that i will not speak of here because it's incredibly inappropriate and it's still incredibly distasteful um i think this will probably if if your theory is true and i really hope it's not uh, because i don't want to see that character again but if it is true i do think that based on how the run has been almost like spinning some of grayson's stuff on its head it may be able to redeem the character in a way that could be interesting. That's not to say that I think it would be great, but it could at least, I don't know, provide some kind of you know, interesting story. So I don't know. Um, but suffice it to say, I, I knew exactly where you were going with that. And I, I, I really think you were just baiting me because you knew you knew my mind would get going and I would start <laughs> speculating. Um, but, uh, half, yes. half bait
0: half just like maybe is this where it's going but <laughs>
1: maybe yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, at the no. same
0: time I seriously don't think it's going to happen
1: I I don't but honestly now that you say that I don't think it's impossible yeah I don't sure. think it's
2: impossible I never um, want to see Tarantula in a comic book again
1: yeah is yeah. that that run is, is notorious people give it a lot more hate than I think it deserves because there are parts of it that are not bad. The first half, really up until Nick is fired from the police force, is actually pretty decent. Um, just kind of a light imitation of some of the check dicks and stuff. It's everything that comes after that that is, is pretty terrible. Um, or
2: shall we say Uh Well, it's definitely not blockbuster. I was just about yeah. to say that. <laughs> oh my god. Ah, I set it up and you delivered. Excellent. Well done. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Alright. Uh, if I didn't give my score a 9 out of 10 on Nightwing number 98 from this year.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. I think Nightwing number 98 in 2004 is a war game's tie-in and it's not very good. It's just like no. him talking about how he feels upset because Tarantula killed Blockbuster and he can't tell Bruce because he thinks he'll be it a... anyway. <laughs> and I could, I could, I could literally do librarian. an entire episode. I could, I could do an entire episode on the Nightwing run, like the complete run, like every single, every single writer that was on the book from 1996 to 2009. That would actually
2: be really fun. Yeah, take that, Dixel.
1: I know. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Dixel. Yeah. I appreciate the spirit, buddy, but there's only one number one Nightwing fan in the multiverse, and it's me. Exactly. You may have fifth dimensional powers, but that doesn't mean you have fifth dimensional memory. So I challenge you to a, to a Nightwing Nightwing trivia duel. Come at me. So I will. This is
0: a question. If, if Brandon is Nightwing's number one fan and I am Green Lantern's number one fan, which I am fi- far from, but I hope to be one day his aspirations, dreams and goals. Josh, what are you the number one fan of?
2: <sighs> okay. So Wally and Dick have always been like way, way up there for me. And I've got a special place in my heart. Always will for Batman. Um, I'm a huge Bat-stan, I just hate Bat-God, and he's kind of been, kind of been just oversaturated. Not not even kind of, it's just definitely been oversaturated. I think two weeks ago we had an entire week that was just Batman, save for one issue. Uh, So if I'm going to pick my favorite character of all time, that's that's so hard. So I'm just going to do it in the last 10 years, and I'm going to pick Jaime Reyes. Okay. No, you know what? If I'm going to go all time, I'm picking Lobo.
1: Right. <laughs> I feel
2: like that's very fitting.
1: <laughs>
2: what are you trying to say? You bastard. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: it's, you know, I, I feel like you're you're – Kind of boisterous persona is very much like Lobo. I feel like all of our all of our favorite heroes kind of reveal something about ourselves, where you know it's, it's some it kind of
2: does, quality
1: does we find aspirational yeah. or enjoyable. Like Green Lantern, I can imagine it's you know it's it's the imagination and the willpower and the freedom that might be attractive. I'm not I'm not trying to speak for you, Rob, or psychoanalyze. Uh, you're 100 percent accurate um, right there. Yeah, just just from what I. Kind of know from the interactions that we've had. Um, whereas with Dick Grayson, it's his it's his hopeful and charismatic nature that I love, that I, I you know, wish I could have. But uh, with with you, Josh, <laughs> knowing you I'm, as I'm I do, huh? knowing you're you're very energetic and and sometimes uh, very emotional, uh, um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, no, no. But I demeanor, uh, I, I would say, Lobo is very fitting.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're a fragging son of a Kaluan.
1: <laughs> exactly. I that, right? Like, if you <laughs> were in the, the DC main, universe, yeah. you probably would be a Zarn. Like, I could definitely see that.
2: I'm down. I'd be better for Crush than Lobo. <laughs> <laughs> as far as father figures go, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I'd like to think you're a better dad than Pozo. I, uh, I fucking hope
0: so, man. <laughs> I, I I don't see you busting yourself out of prison by putting your kid in.
2: Nope, never yeah, done that. Sure Have no know. plans to do it. <laughs>
0: okay, um, so after that brief sidetrack, did we all <laughs> give our reviews for Nightwing? I don't remember now. <laughs> i yes. gave my
2: review i don't know if i gave my score it was a seven out of ten
0: okay all right so with that we are going to pass it actually back to me it's really weird when i say it like that but i'm going to i'm do... open coach <laughs> <laughs> i'll do my i'll do my best if, if not i'll do my finest uh i'll be talking about the world's finest in batman superman i, I swear one day i'm gonna get better at these goddamn damn transitions uh so it's number nine uh <laughs> of of the run written by mark wade with art from dan mora colors from Tamar Bonvillain, and letters from steve wands did it at the beginning this time hell yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice.
0: all right so Bonus. we open up in gotham city where the rat catcher has taken some people not rats kind of counterintuitive to your name bud you're supposed to be catching rats not people come on get with the times uh and these people that he's caught are actually food for his rats that he did not catch uh but batman arrives to help save them boy thunder is with him uh and as batman is doing his best because they're in the sewers uh to hide in the darkness boy thunder notices one of Ratcatcher's goons pull a gun on Batman, he gets scared, and puts on a light show revealing Batman uh, and to the goons and to everyone else including the rats, but then Batman activates a sonic array? Beacon device that just deafens everyone, including David, and slightly Batman. Um, later up, uh, on the surface uh, Batman is giving David basically kind of a superhero report card saying look I'm in the shadows, Clark may be in the daylight but in Gotham it's a different beast uh, much more evil so you have to be prepared for that and with that evil twist we see uh, the Joker has taken Angleman's angle and his hand with him because apparently he wouldn't give it away willingly and is take has taken it for the key to which the key Uh, Puts that impossible angle device into a machine and unlocks what may or may not be a door, but seeing as his name is the key, it's probably a door. We now go to the Gulf of Guinea where Flash and Spurman are having a friendly race, uh, but might just be exercise. They come across a boat that is capsized and they rescue the crew. But before they can get into any more discussion about sidekicks, where Superman is seeking advice from Barry about how to handle David, the boy Thunder. They find out that the crew uh, is not actually their boat, and they, their boat was actually taken and um, by some pirates. Uh, so they grabbed on this life raft and, and uh, got away as fast as they could. Superman sees the ship in the distance, but realizes there's no point in going over there because it's being handled by the Teen Titans. Uh, Aqualad starts off with a whale of a time uh, <laughs> crashing the boats uh, while the rest of the Titans come through Kid Flash grabs any bullets that are being fired Robin kicks a guy in the head Donna ties another one up and Boy Thunder burns a guy's hand Damn David Calm Damn David yeah, so Garth <laughs> says like, you, just it, "Relax, you don't need to burn people. We're we're here to help and not like maim." And Speedy shows up seemingly out of nowhere to boss people around, uh, calling uh, Wally Fleetfeet, which I think is my new favorite name for him.
2: It's not the uh, first time I've heard it though. I can't remember know. where, but I've heard that before people yeah. usually
1: call flash Feet. i think iris yeah. is the one who usually calls him that but um oh, okay i think he's he's yeah roy's uh, yeah. borrowing it for for this issue
0: yeah um so roy is uh shows ecstatic about boy thunders uh, uh, what's the performance sorry I could not think of the word performance um and basically says the Titans might have another thing or two to to learn about uh, learn from him Uh, meanwhile they missed one of the pirates who fires his gun uh, hits Garth in the arm just grazes him, it's a bit of a flesh wound but David gets a little crazy and powers up immensely and shoots lightning straight towards him but then Superman gets in the way uh, looks upset understandably to which Robin whispers to Superman from across the boat uh, don't do this in front of his friends alright so Superman grabs Boy Thunder and they fly away to which uh, the Speedy just says oh shit did you see the look on Big Blue's face someone's in trouble and Dick just pushes him off the boat <laughs> as you should uh, so Clark gives him a stern talking to we do not do that we do not maim people like that, we're not supposed to kill, you gotta control your powers, and then David rele- uh, reveals the information he's been holding to himself, that his parents knew that the world was that he is from was doomed for a while, and that they constructed a rocket ship to hold both of them and him to take them to safety. But David just didn't really believe any of it, and was goofing around too much, Uh, one day when he basically wrecked the rocket they built. They'd have to rebuild it, but they would not have the time. He was the only one that survived, and he feels immensely responsible for that. Now over in Gotham City, Joker and the Keys' mystic doorway uh, machine is revealed to have its purpose. It's a door to the bottom of Gotham River, and it's been opened in the middle of downtown streets. Flooding all of Gotham City, where Superman from across the planet overhears people screaming for help and contacts Batman saying I'm in the middle of it, hurry get here now and between the three of them they are able to seal the doorway uh, using Superman's super speed and ability to not drown. I guess he can hold his breath for a long time. Uh, And reverse the flow of the water back into the door where they can seal it uh, as Batman uses the Batmobile to basically knock the door over so water does not flood out. And as they try to regroup and figure out just what the hell is going on and where this door came from, the Joker nabs David, gives him a dose of Joker toxin, and now he's going a little bonkers with laughter. So that sucks. Huh. Yeah, this it looks like this is going to end badly for David, seeing as this takes place in the past and this is the only time we've ever seen him. <laughs> it's not going to be good. Uh, the art is still amazing. Dan Moore knocks it out of the park every time for me. And I'm thinking between Mark Wade and Dan Moore, Hammer, Bond, the whole team, I think they should do like a classic Teen Titans book, at least a mini. Have that team spin oh, out. I would love that, I, that so
2: much. <laughs>
0: I love awesome. the caution designs Dan Moore had for that the, those kids. I think They were really good. I'm in mm. love with Speedy's costume in this issue. It's it looks so good. It, it's well, I will admit good, I, also I classic at the same. Do
1: time. prefer the? Yeah, I will admit I do prefer the classic Cardi designs, but they are very well done.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, no, I, I I really enjoyed this issue. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I gave it an eight point five out of ten. I'm very curious to see how this is going I, to end.
1: Yeah, I also gave this an eight point five out of ten. I pretty much just echo everything you said. And uh, it is a lot of fun seeing the the classic uh, Fab Five Teen Titans, um, right down to the the perfect way Mark Wade gets their dynamics and everything, uh, where Speedy is the kind of more boisterous abrasive one and Wally's upset with him for that and you know Donna's the more sensible one it's just great so um, I'm right there with you I'd love to see them do a classic Teen Titans throwback uh, series
2: yeah, it it was cool seeing the Teen Titans show up um, and hey Joker gassed the guy wearing green and purple who could have guessed that that would have happened oh wait. <laughs> I did. <laughs> um, this book started out fantastic, but now it's like you can see what's coming in the in, in the next issue sometimes too, which does not make it great, but rather reading just to see if you were right about it. Wade is an awesome writer. I love Mark Wade, but this is getting stale for me. I I really dig the art. Mora and Bonvalin are an amazing team together. But it's just not enough for me to get excited anymore. I was all about this book in the first seven issues and now it's just I don't know disappointment gets it a little bit lower of a score for me. Um, I'm going to give it a 6.75 out of 10.
0: Well then. Fair enough. Um so We we do have another
2: issue with Batman showing up.
0: We do. Uh, Kind of surprisingly, but also not surprisingly at the same time. uh, Batman is going from the past to meet his uh, on again, off again, on a break. Ross and Rachel. Catwoman number 49. (laughs) Do not call Batman Batman and Catwoman Ross and Rachel.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man.
0: (laughs) But they're on a break.
2: I don't think Batman's ever put lotion to get uh leather pants back on.
0: <laughs> you don't know that. Do they <laughs> ever show him getting dressed?
2: Not completely. Yeah. Interesting.
0: It could be. It's either that or Bat <laughs> Guano.
2: Oh I no. I think i prefer the lotion. Puts the lotion on the skin, or else it <laughs> gets the cat again. <laughs> Catwoman number 49, written by Tini Howard with Nicole Leon and Veronica Gandini on Art and Colors, respectively. Lucas Gatani did Letters, and the cover came from Jeff DeKal, who is quickly becoming one of my favorite cover artists. So uh, this one's a little short and sweet, man, but uh, good nonetheless. Catwoman busts into the car that Daria was in and rescues him returns him back to her home and uh to he, to rest and uh crash in her bed and get better after getting uh grazed by a gunshot then investigating she heads back to alleytown to find that the royal flush gang has been uh has taken up residence even with uh even with the secondary cat around town um Unhappy about that, Selina sets off to fix the problem, even though she is utterly exhausted. And after a meeting with Batman, where they did not talk about their relationship stuff at all, they make an arrangement for who will do what in what parts of what city, and Batman reminds her that she has her own cat family outside of the Bat family. Valmont, Eco, Dario, The Strays, Onyx, and... Hell, even Harley, really, uh, though she isn't shown in the in the comic. Um, it's 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 really not too shabby. I'm pretty curious about how this will all work out. Howard's doing damn good in this title. The art is always on point, and the storytelling is definitely engaging. I am all the way in. I gave this an eight point seven five out of ten. How about you guys?
0: I think it is, a, at least for me, a great return to Allytown. I'm mm-hmm. curious how this love triangle is going to play out with everything else going on, but I do imagine it's going to end badly. Uh, the interesting thing for me for this run, at least how it's going right now, as much as it feels different, and it is different, it also feels very similar uh, to round V's run. Very familiar in a way. Um, it might just be me. Maybe it's it's the Alley Town return that's I'm getting those vibes. I don't know. Um, the art is still fantastic. the The story is still interesting to me. I'm still not sold on Valmont. I don't really like the character. I wish we could just get past him and into something else. Uh, Dario is a great addition. As for this issue, eight point five out of ten. I, I'm excited to see Bat and Cat together again, though, even if only for a friendly mission.
1: Indeed. Yeah, this one. Uh, this one passed me by this week, so I I did not get a chance to, to actually read it. Um, but uh, well, go read it right. Sounds now. like it was a good issue.
2: What's up? <laughs> I said, go read it right. Meow. Oh God. Oh, my. Oh, oh. Nice. Oh. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, I would check so it out when nice. you get a chance, man. I'm, I'm in. Yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm really enjoying it, and I think, I think that this might be a book that you'd be into, man.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good.
2: Definitely.
0: Okay, so with that, that is our reviews. So we're going to get into our top three and favorite moments, if you had one. Uh, Josh, you want to kick us off with that?
2: Sure, I will. Uh, number three, I, I honestly, I had to flip a coin to decide what what book was going to get this spot. Um, ultimately, I gave it to GCPD, The Blue Wall. But uh, according to that f- coin flip, uh, The Flash lost that spot there uh number two i am giving to catwoman an amazing amazing run so far and number one uh very surprising for me i am giving batman one bad day mr freeze that position and uh for my favorite moment though i wasn't the biggest fan of the issue itself night might holding up that shirt with nightwing slapping batman like the meme everyone has seen in the opposite oh that made me laugh out loud i thought that shit was funny how about you guys uh i
1: don't speak french but i understood that um to mean that i should give my top three so at number three I had Star Stargirl of the Lost Children, number one, really fun start. Uh number two would have been a tie, but I think um I think World's Finest just barely eked out um, the Flash uh seven eighty eight, uh just because I'm, I'm a sucker for the Teen Titans, especially that specific period of the Teen Titans. So getting more of that is is always a treat. Um and, uh, and and I'm actually thumbing through my my Teen Titans floppies right now. I'm very distracted. So I'm doing this while also talking. Um, but number one, I had, and it should be no surprise, Nightwing number 98. It is a filler issue, yes, and it does not contribute much to the story. But I don't know. I, I, I can give it a pass because I just had so much fun with it. Um, I can be nice sometimes. Um, favorite moment, though, was just the the random abrupt, really the whole sequence, but the random abruptness of the wedding uh, that, that Nightmite has where he's like, <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys need some progression and they just bring everyone there um, and then Batman's there too and he's like, Yeah, you don't want to be like this guy. You can't be happy. And he's just like, there was a triple homicide I've needed in Gotham. Just the most Batman thing ever and that one uh, yeah. made me smile. So that was my favorite moment. <laughs> that was a good one.
0: Which also, it still bugs me that I think what happened in Death Metal is still not being recognized that they did get married.
1: They did. They did. And then the universe promptly ended. (laughs) The marriage brought about the end times.
0: Oh, gosh. And that's why it's not happening. Alright, as for me, uh, number three I had GCPD, The Blue Wall Uh, number two I had Nightwing, number 98, and number one I had The Flash, 788, and as for a favorite moment, I had The Flash, 788 just the whole damn book was fantastic, (laughs) and I could not pick a favorite moment out of that, but if I can pick one um, I might actually take from World's Finest for a second, as much as I the Flash 78 as a whole it's just a favorite moment. I do rather enjoy Robin pushing Speedy off the boat because he's being a bit of a buffoon. Uh, That was a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Somebody's getting in trouble. (laughs) That
0: was fun. Alright, so that was our favorite moment. Now it's time for your favorite moments. It's
2: the biggest stinker. Oh, that's nasty.
0: Mm hmm. I'm mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to assume that we might all have the same one, but for me, <laughs> Dark Crisis Young Justice is up there for me.
1: Indeed, that is my biggest stinker as well.
2: And for mine, uh, I will also have Dark Crisis Young Justice, but. Contrary to my esteemed comic co-hosts here, I'm going to give an honorary turd to World's Finest. Damn. Okay. I'm just, being let down by a book I love just grates on me.
1: It's not a fun thing.
0: Okay, well with that that's our show. Uh, remember you can help support the show by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash NAR podcasts. Check us out on Twitter at Notarobot Comics, on Instagram, NAR comic books, and subscribe to our substack for bonus reviews, articles, and more. And as always, there's only one way to say goodbye around here. Until next time.
1: be good to each other.
2: And don't Robot. Okay, guys. When are we going to get back on the story arcs?
1: That We're is a, a good it. question.
2: Yeah. Looked at. I've, I've gathered together so many. <laughs> uh, we could do this for. for season two. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Gods of Gotham. Well, the Gods of Gotham, of the I know, is the side. next one.
1: Yeah, because I, I started, I read the first issue, and then I was kind of like, well, we're not doing it for a while, so. I don't, I don't, I don't it's not really high priority right now. So. Uh, yeah, I guess we should figure out when to kick that back off.
2: Just something for you guys to put in your hand and let me you know. Uh, tell me real quick, what was your general impression of the first issue?
1: Well, I knew that Phil Jimenez had done Wonder Woman because they put out that omnibus, but I never read it. So I wasn't really sure um, what to expect. Um, although I guess it's not really fair to say because he doesn't, he does the plot, but he doesn't script the issue. Um, they, they get DiMatteis to do that. Um, but I thought it was interesting. It's definitely, I can see the George Perez influence um, artistically and story wise. Um, And I like the concept of it, um, but I don't know that I'm completely sold just yet. So I think it'll be good to, to finish the rest of the arc.